Welcome to the weekly sermon by Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our special speaker. Generations Church, welcome to our very own Leandro Reyes. Amen, amen. So good to be here this morning. So good to see everyone's faces here. Can you just turn to someone and say the same? Just say, it's so good to see you too. (laughs) Amen. Wow. We need a move. We need a move. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. We need your move. We need your move. That's what we need this morning. We don't need another message. We need the move of God. We need the move of God. So I just ask you for you right now, just if you can put a hand in your heart right now, just put your hand over your heart and just say, Holy Spirit, I need your move. I need your move. Stir my heart. Set me loose. (laughs) Set my heart loose. (laughs) I need your move today. I need your move today. Amen. Amen. Pastor Scott was asking me uh, this week, Hey, buddy, what are you going to pray this Sunday? What are you going to talk about? Surprise! Worship! (laughs) <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about this morning and um, I want to be as practical as I can on a few things about worship and God has been stirring my heart towards uh, some things that we forget and some of them are going to be very obvious but it's okay we need to hear it again and again sometimes uh, some other things we just uh, we just need to be remembered uh, or even change our concept about of what worship is all about. So I hope that uh, uh, I will be able to communicate to you this today. Um, I will be going through a few verses. So if you have your old school Bible, get ready. If you have your new school Bible, get ready too. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to be going through a few verses and... I would like for you to join me in uh, this thing about worship. And I believe uh, Debbie was talking about outreach and how this church is reaching out to a lot of places, a lot of countries. Uh, And it's one of the reasons my God is blessing the church so much. And I heard this uh, recently, and I believe that these days that we are living in, it is a true 
age where evangelism and uh, worship are coming together to bring uh, the kingdom of God uh, to our cities, to our countries. So I do believe that we are having this uh, encounter of evangelism and worship. So maybe we're going to hear uh, a great revival coming from our songs that are just running across the country and uh, our cities, our families. And this will bring us back to Jesus, back to the center of it all. And worship is about coming back to the center of it all. And uh, sometimes we think about it. Uh, worship as uh, one set that we do uh, in church on Sundays, but it's far from it, right? It's far from it. We come to worship on Sundays, but we leave here at this temple, we leave this, this room, and we continue the worship. The worship never stops. Amen? Worship never stops. You can be in your car and you're worshiping, uh, washing dishes, you're worshiping, uh, taking care of the kids. Pastor Scott's give, having a great time this week to take care of all the kids. Uh, <laughs> he's alone doing that. So everything we do, in everything we do, we do and it becomes worship. And sometimes we worship with songs, sometimes we worship with hands, sometimes we worship with crazy dances, and we worship all together because all of this is beautiful to God. All of this is beautiful to God. But we are not motivated by what is happening. And sometimes we forget this. This is what I would like to remember this morning. That sometimes we are, we are led to worship motivated by our circumstances. And if everything is going good, then we worship, we celebrate, we rejoice. And uh, then the times that we are not feeling so good, we tend to be quiet, we tend to be less expressive. But let me say something to you and maybe break a concept here in your mind that we are not invited to worship. We are commanded to worship. It's a, very different, it's a very different thing. We're not being invited to worship. We have been commanded to. So if you go to the Bible, you're going to see more than 300 times where it says, sing to the Lord. It's not saying, if you want to sing, if you're feeling okay, if you like that song. No, it's saying, sing to the Lord. In many times in the Bible, you will say that worship is associated more with a command rather than a state of your heart. And it's kind of interesting that Jesus will say that when we, uh, where our treasure is, our heart will be that too. So if our treasure, our effort, our time, our energy is there, our heart will come. Our heart will worship. You know, I've heard this, this phrase, and it's stuck in my head uh, till now, that we cannot change our hearts, but we can change our minds. And if you change your mind, God can change your heart. So there are a few things that we need to remember, that worship is not about the external motivations that we get, but it is about obedience. Think about it. We, we want you to think of worship like feelings, but it not, it's not about feelings. It's about a command. 
And God is raising here, I can see here, God is raising us as an army choir. We are the army choir that we are going to execute the command. And the command is sing. The command is worship. The command is, yes, wage war by clapping your hands, raising your hands, dancing like crazy, making a fool of yourself so that he can receive all the glory. That's the army choir. We are not the choir that is going to be back here with those beautiful vests. Nothing wrong about the choir. But we are that kind of choir that will be a song in our mouths and a sword in our hands. Can we be that kind of choir? Yes? Amen. I'm preaching to the choir here. Right? So, we want to understand that it's not about feelings. It's about a command. God has commanded us to worship. So, think about this. What is the reason then? If everything fades, if everything goes away, if your job goes away, your family goes away, if your health goes away, everything, if you take it all out, what is the reason then we have to worship? If the church goes away, <laughs> if the gatherings goes away, we have a reason. And the reason is obvious. But let me remind you here, we worship because he is worthy. Period. He is worthy. There is no other reason. You are not going to have a job, a house, or something to boast on that we, we live here. We, you're not going to have uh, anything that you remember here. It's going to fade away. But we will continue to worship. Do you know that this is our eternal calling? So you, you, of course, we have been called to preach the word. And we will preach the word. We have been called to pray for the sick. And we'll pray for the sick. But when we go, <laughs> we're not going to pray for the sick anymore. And we are not going to preach the word or the gospel anymore. But we will continue to worship. We will continue to praise. So that's our eternal calling. Psalms 145 verse 3 says this. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. And his greatness no one can fathom. I can give you many uh, reasons for you to worship today. You came here, you were healthy, or you came here, you received a blessing, or you came here and you are going to receive a blessing. But none of that matters if we don't remember that He is worthy. He is worthy. If you look up, if you look up at the skies, those that are, that are like me, that are science nerds, they like to see sky and galaxies and stars. If you look up, that's just a picture of how huge, how great he is, how amazing he is. If you look at the sun, if you look at the galaxies, if you look at, at your own body, if you look at your eye, like your face and everything around you, he is amazing, he is detailed in his beauty and his wonder. No wonder that the, the saints and the, and the ancients, they will say forever, you are holy, holy, holy. That kind of awe that comes from staring at God and saying, yes, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. The kind of awe or the first love, like you, you, you see your wife or your husband for the first time and you say, you are beautiful. 
gorgeous. You are beautiful. And that never fades. Because the beauty of God never fades. The wonder of God never fades. So he is worthy. And when, when we worship, we are declaring, God, you are worthy and you will be worthy forever. Forever. So it's so important that we understand, that we remember that. When you start singing a song, when you start worshiping here at home, whatever you are, remember that above everything else, he is worthy. If you are feeling good or not, he is worthy of praise. He is worthy of your song. He is worthy. If you are feeling like your, your throat is not working right, you are uh, not reaching that note, but he is still worthy. He is still worthy. Now, there are things that we also get and we receive when we worship. I'm going to go through a little bit here, uh, a few of them. And I believe this is, we need to remember that too. Not only God is worthy, but we worship too. Because worship is agreement. Say with me, worship is agreement. Right? You're not agreeing. Agreement. No, I'm just kidding. Worship is agreement. What are we agreeing with? We are agreeing with who God says he is. We are agreeing with who, what God says we are. And we are agreeing with what God says about the circumstance. It's agreement. Look at this. I mean, if we, if we start worshiping, we start believing that God is saying something that is completely different to the situation we are living how can a situation, a disease, a hopelessness survive when we start declaring, how great you are, how great thou art, how great thou art. Is there a way for hopelessness to survive when we declare that? Is there a way for your rejection to survive when, when he says that you are chosen, not forsaken? I am who you say I am. Is there a way for that, to, for that rejection and the fear to survive? Is there a way for the threats and the fear to survive when we declare Jesus, Jesus, your name? Makes darkness tremble. Can that survive in that ambience, in that environment? No. So when we worship, we start to agree with God. It's agreement with God. You're not agreeing with the band here only. <laughs> You're agreeing with what God is saying. Listen, remember this today. We cannot have in our minds a thought that is not in the mind of God. We can't afford that. And when we worship, we are filling our minds with what? The thoughts of God. Declaring what he thinks, what he is, who he is, and what he's saying. What he's saying. You know, sometimes God is not going to answer some of our questions. He's going to ask us to sing. I'm not gonna, he's going to say something like, I'm not going to answer that. You have the answer. You sing it out. You sing it out. You need to remember that worship is agreement. 
We come in agreement with God. If we don't come in agreement with God, we are doing agreement with what? The world, fear, we're coming in agreement with darkness. Let's agree with God with what he's saying. Second thing that I wanted to say here today, worship is a highway. Very, well, that, that touched my heart so much these this past few days. To see that worship is a highway. And I want you to, to come with me to Psalm 68, verse 4 and 5. We're going to read these verses here together. Psalm 68, verse 4 and 5. Psalm 68. So I'm going to read a little bit before that, but you catch up with me on, on the 4 and 5. It says here on verse 1, May God arise, may his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God, but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful and sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds and rejoice before him, for his name is the Lord. So amazing picture that we see here in these verses is the picture of a king that is coming back victorious, triumphant from battle. And he's exposing his enemies. And the command that we have is that as the king is coming, we should do what? We should Sing it out. You know, we are preparing a way. We are preparing a highway with our worship for the king to enter the scene. If you are going through a situation in your life right now where you are not seeing yet the coming or the, the response or the answer, prepare a way. You can prepare this highway where the king is going to come. And we are going to just exalt him. This word here, this exalt him, his name. Him who rides on the clouds is that picture. That we are preparing that highway for the king. We can be that voice that was prophesied. Voice that, that shouts, that cries out in the desert. Prepare the way. Every time we worship at home or here, we are preparing the way. I believe that right now we are preparing the way for a wave of revival. We are preparing the way for a wave of miraculous, amazing, crazy healings. Because we are raising worship. We are raising worship. Oh, but nothing is happening so far. No worries. I see the king coming. I see the king coming. So I'm just going to prepare the way. How do we do that? We worship. We worship. We are preparing a highway. This is what worship is all about. We agree with God. We prepare the highway for him to come. But also worship is transformation. Let's go to uh, Psalms 115 verse 8.
Worship can transform us. Psalm 115, verse 8. It says like this. And, and this is an alert, an alert. But I want you to understand a concept here. That we become like the one we worship. We become like the one we worship. Look at this. Verse 8. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. And here he's putting a context of those who create idols. Those who create images, statues. The idols that the people would worship. And God is giving an alert here that those who worship them will become like them. It's, it's, it's dangerous to think. Listen to this in previous verses. They have ears but cannot hear. Noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. Feet but cannot walk. Not they can utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will become like them. This is a principle of worship. That we become like the one we adore. So if we worship our insecurities. If we worship our rejection. If we worship our... Um, Whatever situation is going on, our, our fears, we become like it. We can't speak. We can't move. We cannot do anything. We are paralyzed. But if we worship God, we become like him, fearless, courageous, bold. We become like him. We stretch our hands and say, stop. Stop this rejection. Stop this confusion. Stop drug addiction. Stop cancer. We become bold. And we can speak, we can say, we can declare. No, now this time is changing. Let it be done. <laughs> Let it be done. Because we worship him. He is empowering us to be like him for everything around us. Have you ever come into a place and you didn't say a thing, but just your presence there, people started to act differently. You know why? Because you become like the one you worship. When you come into a place, they sense the presence of God. They will call a good vibe, an aura. They will call it very name, many names. But it's the presence of God. You, you step on a place and people will feel peace. People will feel joy. They will feel loved. You come into a store to buy something and you leave the store with people saved and healed and delivered. And you went just to buy cookies. Because we become like the one we worship. We become like him. We shine his glory. Remember when Moses was in the mountain with God and he was there. What a conference, man. 40 days. 40 days in the presence of God. That was the maximum conference booster of all. I would like to be in that conference. We just have three days, four days. The guy was 40 days there. When he came back, he was like shining. People could not see him. He had to, to put a veil because he was just shining. Imagine what is going to happen to us, to the business that we run, to your employees, to your colleagues. When instead of seeing your face, my face, they see the face of God. We can change our environments if we are transformed into his likeness. His image. You know that that was the purpose all along, right? 
He created us to, into his image so that everything that was living would see us and it would see him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why are they saying yes, sir? No, they are seeing me and you. And we can do that again. We can come back to that place where we are transformed into his likeness. Turn to someone and say, like, you look a lot like him. You are shining like him. Come on, shout it out for someone else. You are shining like him. <laughs> woo -hoo. Yeah, you can say that too. Woo -hoo. You are shining like him. So it's, it's very important that we understand that worship can change radically our lives. Worship is agreement. Worship is a highway. Worship is transformation. And I, I want to come to, to a moment here where I want to be uh, practical in regards to worship. Because we can go back home, we're going to go back home, and we're going to uh, apply this to everyday life. But I feel like we forgot that when we come to worship here, when we come to worship as a family, this is We are modeling worship. I, I want you to hear my heart this morning. We are modeling worship here. So why, why do we come? Why do we gather? Because we are modeling what we are going to ex ex express outside. We are modeling. We are getting prepared. And these, these moments that we have in worship together, we are being prepared. Let's open Colossians 3.16. So if we have John 3.16 for salvation, Colossians 3.16 is for worship. So let's open there. Colossians 3.16. And I want to share a little bit on that verse. We'll have some practice afterwards. Exams from 0 to 10. I'm just kidding. No exams. Colossians 3.16. It says like this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through and, and singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Wow. Did you ever know that you can be enriched in the word of God through singing? Have you ever heard that? That's amazing. Have you ever heard that you can be admonished through worship? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Let the message of Christ dwell among you. You know, I'm preaching here today. Pastor Scott preaches every Sunday. Every preacher, we can teach We can say things, but, but when God touches you through a song, it's, it's, it's amazing how powerful worship can be. And we remember, I, at least, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I remember seasons of my life through songs. Maybe you do too. I remember tr truths from God, the majority of the time, through 
melodies that stay with me. And that's actually how God created us. You are teaching your kids, you're going to teach the ABC like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And they're going to learn that. Why? They are singing it. And here is just, now it's legal. I'm giving you the legal rights, okay? It's legal. Admonish, teach one another with songs, psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Now, this is the part that I, I wanted to get here. It's not, it's not telling worship team, admonish the church with hymns, psalms, and songs of the Spirit. It's not telling, it's not saying a singer that comes here once in a while or a minister or worship leader, you admonish, you teach, you know. What is it saying? Admonish what? One another. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you're going to teach me. Friends, when we worship together in church, we are teaching each other how to worship. We are teaching each other how to access the presence of God. So I urge you, I, I urge you today, worship. Worship. You don't have any idea, you have no idea of why, how your hands lifted can shift the heart of someone that is in this place. We don't have any idea. But it will. You have no idea. But when you shout, Jesus! That stirs the heart of someone that is in this place. And says, oh, Jesus! Because you are admonishing, teaching one another. And I, I think that we, we, we have gone so far distant from that. Because of, of the structures that we have. Nothing wrong about it. It's good to be here. It's good to have the structure. But it's good when the structure is to serve. We need to admonish one another. Guys, we are not spectators. The church is not an spectator. The church is the choir, is the teacher. The, the church is the one teaching one another. So that the word of God will dwell. And if you are here today, consider yourself a teacher. You are a teacher. If you are worshiping today, you are a teacher. You are helping somebody here in this place to just surrender to God. You are helping somebody to break through that hardness of the heart. There are many things that can, can happen during the week. I don't know what's going on with your life every time. How could I? But the Holy Spirit knows. And when you, when you worship... <laughs> He's going to touch the heart of somebody else that was just hard for something that happened. So I will lift my hands, yes. And I will shout it out, Jesus. And I'll say, you're beautiful. You are wonderful. You are glorious. And I will cry sometimes and I will laugh because it's legal to laugh in the church, right? It's legal. You can do it. Even when you don't feel like it, you can still say, ha, ha. Because it's legal. You can do that. And when we just surrender and we worship, it's like contagious. Contagious. We don't look to the worship band. We don't look to the worship leaders. Because we are in this together. We just happen to be here. But we, it's not a stage. 
We are here together. We're, we're doing this together. When you come to, through the doors, you're not coming to, to listen to good music. You're not coming to, oh, I'm going to listen to songs that I like. That sounds good. That's awesome. No, you are coming to participate. You're coming to engage. Am I preaching to you today? Is that okay? Am, am I being too hard? All right. So when you come to church, we are here to engage. I need your worship. Because your worship edifies me. I need your shouts because your shouts stir my heart. And I need you to just surrender like a, a ball of, of tears and, and just surrender before God because then I will surrender too. Do you understand that? So there's no spectators here. We're not here to see, to watch. We're not here to entertain. We are here to minister to him. And when we do that, somebody will look and say, oh my gosh, he's so beautiful. And somebody else will look. It's, oh my gosh, he's amazing. What's happening here? What's happening in this place? And God will just take over. We want God to take over. Amen. And he cannot take over if we are just watching. He cannot take over if we are just watching. We have to engage. So your worship is helping. Your worship is admonishing. Your worship is creating an atmosphere. I was talking to a, to a couple of friends recently. We have this tendency to believe that the gates of heaven are an external thing. We're going to watch the skies and the heavens will part. And the gates of heaven will open and pour down over this place. Glory. But it's not like that. The gates of heaven are inside. The gates of heaven are inside. What did Jesus say? That when we receive him, when we receive the Holy Spirit, what is going to get inside? No, it's going to get outside. Rivers of living water will flow. So don't expect heavens outside. Expect the heavens inside to burst open. Remember this. You are the gate. Talk to somebody. You are the gate. Tell him. He needs to know. You are the gate. When you worship, the gate is open. Heavens are open. When you worship. It's not when somebody else worships. It's when you do it. When you shout, heavens are shouting. When you scream, when you sing, when you clap, when you dance, even if it is a quirky dance or I don't know. Heavens are invading the place because you are the gate. We are the gate. We need to remember that. I want to give you uh, one, last, one last portion here this morning. It's so interesting that we read the Bible. And the Bible, sometimes the translations and everything that we, we read maybe got lost a little bit from what they intended to. And one of the things that we see is the word worship. When we read in the Bible the word worship, it had many different meanings. And I'm going to give you a few of them really quick so you can remember this morning, okay? Are you ready? 
Ready? Can I, can I download that for you? All right, cool. So, worship. When you read the word praise or worship in the Bible, there are seven commands that the Hebrews, they will hear as worship. So, here we go. The first one, they would call Barak. So, that means to bow down. To bow down. You would do this. Worship. And that is the only one of the seven that do not involve any sound. We have seven. There is only one that doesn't have any sound. And you will bow. That's what you do to a king. You bow. How often do we do that in worship? If we need to express, if we need to have an external expression, an external expression, a physical obedience... That we release a spiritual blessing. We need to remember, worship is to bow. We bow before him. We bow before the king, Barak. Worship is yada. Yada literally means to extend your hands. Extend your hands. And listen, this is not... This is not an invitation. Remember that. When they would shout, Yada! What they would do? What would you do? Yada! Yada! We're worshiping here, guys. We're worshiping here. We're breaking strongholds. How? How am I fighting? We are fighting with these weapons. We don't fight with carnal weapons. We fight with these weapons. That was warfare. That's how we fight. Yada. Another one. Zamar. Zamar means to worship with instruments. So who plays an instrument here? Don't, you don't have to raise a hand, but I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to you. All instruments to the Lord. When we strike a chord, when we hit a note on the piano, we are worshiping him. We are creating the atmosphere. Did you know that we can prophesy even without saying anything? Just by the playing of the instruments? We could do that. Saul was changed into a new man when he got together with a, 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 a band of instruments, uh, uh, prophets. They were just playing there. And he was like, What? I didn't say anything. Yes, you did. You were just prophesying with instruments. When the band is playing here, guys, it's not silence moment. It's not silence moment. It's moment to engage in prophecy. We are engaging in prophecy. When you hear that guitar, when Derek is just playing that riff, you just say, yes, Jesus, these demons are going to fall. Because we are prophesying with instruments. Amen. And that guy is a prophet. That guy is a prophet. Jews, you're a prophet, buddy. You're a prophet. We are. Let me give you another one here. Hello. That simply means rejoice. What did I say before? Laughter is legal. You can laugh 
and it is worship. Ha, ha, ha. It is worship. Can we give some laughs to you this morning? Can we laugh a little bit? Can we laugh a little bit more? <laughs> Jesus, you are so good. You are so good. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> hey! You know, we can even say jokes. I will tell you a joke, and you're going to laugh, okay? Please laugh. Okay? It's an agreement. All right. This is a joke. Your dreams are not going to come true. It's a joke. You have to laugh about it. The devil got to be joking because he's lost already. Let me tell you another joke. Oh, that problem that you have, oh, give up. You don't have what it takes. Those are the things that we laugh about. You know why? Victory is ours. Victory is ours. So we laugh. And laugh is praise. Laugh is worship. Every time we laugh at a situation, God is saying, oh, he got it. He's got it. Let me give you another one here. Sabak. That means worship with shouting. Psalm 63 verse 3 says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Psalms 33 Three says, sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. We shout. Can I hear shouts here in this place this morning? Can you shout to the Lord this morning? You are good. You are good. You are good. We shout it out. We shout it out. You are awesome, God. Shouts of joy. Shouts of joy. Hallelujah. Come on, we are just breaking, breaking the power of the enemy. We are breaking the power of darkness. And you think, oh my gosh, you need to fast for 40 days. Maybe what you need to do is to shout. You just need to shout. Stop the fasting right now. You don't need to fast anymore. You need to shout it out. You need to shout it out. Come on, you don't need to be looking down. Oh God, have mercy, have mercy. Mercy is given. Mercy is overflowing. Mercy has taken over. Mercy has taken care of judgment. We will shout it out. Amen. We will shout it out. Woo-hoo. All right, let me give you another one here. This is for all the crazy people in the room. Me included. Hello. Hello. That's not Portuguese for hi. Hello. That's not it. Hello means to worship extravagantly. To worship like you are a madman. How many mad people we have here today? How many mad people we have to hear today? Can you stand up for a second? Can you just stand up for a second? Halal means how far do you want to go to be undignified so that Jesus can receive the glory? Can you just, can you just go crazy here in this place? Just shout it out. Woo! Jesus! Hey! Jesus! Can you shout it out in this place? Jesus! Oh, Jesus! 
on. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? This is the life of God in us. We don't need to be sad. We don't need to be quiet. We are here to live. We are here to live. Yay! Woo! Come on. As you're standing right now, I'm going to give you one more and we're going to worship a little bit more, okay? Okay? So the last one is Tehillah. And Tehillah means to worship with a prophetic song. To worship with a voice. So there's a song inside of you. And it's so interesting that God would release, that God will establish his throne in that kind of worship. When we are singing him a new song, when we are singing to him a new song, that was mean, that what means the, the Tehillah word means, to worship prophetically. So we're going to do this, all right? We know how to worship. We know what you had to do. So we're just going to take a few minutes and worship with him, to him, with everything that we got, with all of our soul here in this place. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources. 